now recording. Woo! Craig's in the the room. Craig's in the building. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Yo, you think we could get a forensic artist to uh, draw a picture of Craig? Yeah, he's been on the loose for too long. We have to catch him. He's been too much trouble. He's a menace to society. He's always recording things. Secret conversations. We didn't even want a podcast, you and I. We just want right. to have these conversations. And Craig, criminal scum, has to come in and record every episode. Yeah, if you all don't know who Craig is, all you interns slash listeners out there, um, Craig is our automatic recording bot. You know, we're big brains, so we need the high-tech technology but it just turns out that craig's a huge scumbag and we don't like him we don't like you huge, craig you keep messing huge. stuff up and i think i think you're doing it on purpose because you're a, you're a damn mole you're a mole craig paid artists Unpaid interns. You're listening to Art Pros Podcast. Coming to you live from Baltimore, Maryland, it is the world's smoothest art pros, the biggest, best art podcast in the universe. I'm Gage B. I'm Renz B. And we're the motherfucking art pros. Welcome. Welcome to the second, the second best, the, the second best art podcast in Baltimore City. Second only to NPR. And we like to brag. I like to brag about that. We're the self-proclaimed first best art podcast in the city. And factually the smoothest. We've already covered that. But yeah, anyway, we got a special topic for everybody today. We got a secret topic. It's kind of low key. It's kind of rare to be uh, covering this. I don't think a lot of people know know a ton about it. Once we bring up the numbers, everybody, you you might just be shocked. So if you're new to the Art Pros podcast, we are a podcast that is dedicated to making sure that artists can find different ways, different avenues to get paid over the table, legal. We're talking benefits. We're talking whether that's grants, career opportunities, Whatever, we're here to help you. Also, we fuck around and talk about other art stuff from time to time. But we are the paid.artists on Instagram. And today, we're going to be talking about a special, super secret career path that you could go on. This is a heroic career path. This is heroic. It is It is rare, rare, rare. So rare, in fact, that there are only about 300 people in the country who have this position and only about 30 people have this position full time. We're talking about forensic artists, forensic artists. We're talking about the types of people who wake up every day and they go, oh, I might fuck around and draw a still life or I might fuck around and save a life, a real life. <laughs> so forensic artists are artists who use their wide variety of skills in the criminal justice system, whether that is doing facial composites to capture the identities of victims or perpetrators or suspects or sketching crime scenes, sketching courtroom dramas. A lot of you have probably seen art, you know, courtroom art or a mugshot, someone's drawn mugshot. Someone has to make that stuff. And you know who those people are? Artists. Artists. Some people that have a knack for justice and people that have a knack 
for anatomy and drawing people's faces and that's pretty much it i mean you got to be a real pro with with skulls and the skeletal system to be able to do this some people even do the job of predicting what a a missing person will look like after so many years maybe five 10, 15, 20, that's part of the job. Some people uh, might be really good at doing that for a, a, a missing child that is now an adult. That's another another form of doing this. Let's say you're walking and, down the street and a guy jumps from behind a column, a random column, middle of the road, and he says, hey, hey, give me your iPhone 12 because it's got the three cameras. And you go, no, you can't take my iPhone 12. And they bop you in the head. And they take your iPhone 12. You didn't get a picture of the guy. There's no cameras. But you remember what his face looks like. They take you down to the Baltimore Police Department. They say, hey, what's this guy look like? And you start talking. And all of a sudden, this cop pulls out a sketch pad. And you're like, what's he going to do with that fucking sketch pad? And you're like, he had a mole on the left side of his face. And he had three eyebrows. His nose was kind of big. He looked like Tom Brady. In fact, I think it might have been Tom Brady. And he shows you the drawing, and it looks just like Tom Brady. And you're like, that's the guy. That's who did it. That's Boom, the guy that stole my Super Bowl <laughs> ring and my phone. <laughs> they go get your Super Bowl ring and your phone. They arrest Tom Brady. They can tie him to the crime after they get some DNA evidence. And... Boom. The guy who helped you there, the guy who helped you catch a suspect, that's a forensic artist. Now, some of you may be hearing this and saying, yeah, but, you know, like, that's pretty easy. It just happened. You know, how often could that really work? Well, a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, yeah. This stuff works. You ever heard of uh, the murderer named John List before, Gage? No, I haven't. John List is... I mean, he's kind of a jerk. He's kind of a big jerk. He's not a he's not a good guy because this guy, John Liss, decided to murder his entire family in the 70s. On the 9th of November 1971, without any visible warning or preparation, Liss shot his wife Helen in the back of the head. He then murdered his mother Alma by shooting her above the left eye. Then, two murders completed, he settled down to wait. When his 16-year-old daughter Patricia returned home from school, he executed her with a shot to the back of the head, then did the same to his younger son Frederick when he arrived back at the house. After committing four murders, List did nothing more than calmly make himself lunch. Once he was done eating, he drove to the bank to close his own bank account and his mother's too. From there, he went on to Westfield High School to watch his eldest and now only son, 15-year-old John Jr., play soccer. List drove his son home after the game, and, as soon as they were inside the house, attempted to execute him too. Something went wrong, however. His son realised what was happening and attempted to defend himself, meaning that instead of a single clean shot to the head, John Jr. died after being shot as many as ten times. He then proceeded to clean and tidy the family home, cut himself out of every photograph in the house with a pair of scissors, tune the radio to a religious station and walk away from his life forever and the reason his motive was i guess people think it's because he got so angry after he lost his job and he didn't want to shame be ashamed in front of his family or something like that i guess so he just he just offed his wife he executed his his fam left him in the house never got caught until until 
An artist, an artist by the name of Frank Bender saved the day. Rest in peace, Frank Bender. And the way Frank Bender, the sculptor, forensic sculptor, discovered and helped police find John Liss after almost like 30 years of this this man being missing they went to frank and said yo you know frank this this guy has been missing for a long time and we want you to make us a bust of his face so we can bust him you know uh and here's a picture make him look about 30 years older and the guy did it there's a picture on the internet of how accurate frank really really got this guy and it looks just like this old dude it almost exact, which is crazy to me. The hair on his head, you know, the glasses that he could have been wearing. And they caught this guy. Somebody somebody on TV saw this bust. I think it was on America's Most Wanted. And uh, they, they got him. They, they, they caught the perp. So it says here that 18 years after John Emil List was able to evade authorities for murdering his family to quote-unquote send them to heaven rather than deal with his shame. 18 years after he got away with it, America's Most Wanted put John List as one of their segment pieces, and they asked this forensic artist, Frank Bender, to do an age-progressed clay bust in which he would look 18 years older. And someone watching America's Most Wanted said, Hey, that looks like my neighbor. You said John List was an accountant? My neighbor's an accountant. They went and they pulled him in. He looked just like the bust. And for months, John List was denying he had taken on a different name, Robert Robert Clark. He stole the name of one of his old college classmates. He was saying, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not List. I'm, I'm Robert Clark. Until eventually, against overwhelming evidence, they were able to determine that it was List. And this is all because Frank Bender is a fucking boss or was a boss he was like yeah let me see those old pictures he he knew exactly how anatomy works he had a strong understanding of how skin starts to sag how the muscles change how age affects the size of the nose and the ears and he sculpted him and they caught his ass they got him they got him in new jersey see i thought it was 30 because this guy looks hella old after yeah. the, the 18 years he did it but it was 18 years and if you're not an expert on skin sagonomics, this might be a tough position for you to get. Like we said, you know, it takes some hard work to get this job. There's a reason why it's so rare. There are only 300 part-time workers, 30 full-time workers in the nation doing this thing. I mean, as an artist, I don't know how many of you have heard the uh, ACAB. That's a little bit of a conflicting type of thing. But if you think this type of this type of job's cool, you're listening to the right episode today i'm kind of just looking through all of our notes right now and and we got a couple stories to tell you about these forensic artists because there's a lot of there's a lot of uh real real powerful and inspiring people in this world and we want to help you make sure that you uh maybe this this broadens your understanding of the type of jobs in in the art field that you can get so the next time your dad or your uncle wants to make a joke and say that you know what you want to be an artist? What kind of jobs? What kind of jobs can you can you even get as an artist? Man, that's a hobby. You show him. You show him Frank Bender. Be like, oh yeah, was it a hobby for this guy who who saved the day? When's the last time your job has uh, uh what what's a dad job to have? 
Uh, lawnmower. <laughs> when's, when's the last time that your lawnmower stopped a serial killer, Dad? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe you shouldn't have gone to lawnmower school, okay? To springboard off of what Renz was saying, when people ask what use is there really in studying art, this is a very clear, there's no ambiguity here. This is something that helps people because not only do forensic artists help catch perpetrators, on the more human side of things, it helps put identities to victims to give families closure, right? So a, a body, oh, yeah. like a, a you know a child skeleton, washes up on a beach, and a forensic artist with a strong understanding of anatomy and a strong heart and a strong stomach too looks at the skeleton and says, "Here's what this person may have looked like," and they can identify the skeleton and bring closure to the family. That's a powerful, powerful position. That's almost like, I don't know why it keeps making me think of psychics, but it's kind of like that, I guess, except with drawing. Because I mean, like, you know, you're looking at a skull. You're looking at a skull. You're trying to do your very, very best as an artist to put some skin on this skull with your imagination, with your knowledge of what people look like all the time. I can't even fathom. Like you said, it takes, it takes a, a variety of strong characteristics I was thinking about it after I learned enough about it. I was like, can I really do this, man? I've been thinking about how to do this for, for a while now. And and can I even do this? Can I even face a victim and look them right in the eyes as they're telling me about this guy with three eyebrows and, and a mole on the side of his face? I, I would probably just start crying or something with him. You know what I mean? Might get a little bit emo. It requires a, a great deal of intuition along with a strong understanding of the human form. Right. And the mm -hmm. ability to depict the human form. I mean, this is this is the type of so if you're an artist who prefers abstract work and you don't really put a lot of merit into life drawing skills, maybe this isn't the career for you. But if you're someone who notices the wave of abstract art taking the gallery scene by storm and, you know, people don't really care anymore about a, a really good oil portrait and you're like, but that's what I want to do. How do I get money for that? This is this is a career path where your skills in observing life, along with your intuition as an artist, can really, really help people and get you paid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about how rare this is and what kind of what kind of premium if you're thinking about it in terms of a career move, in terms of a money move on top of because I think this is a lot more than just a money move you know, to impress your mom and dad at the dinner table when you start talking about the cool art job that you got. Like you said earlier, the best way to describe it is you, you, you kind of are like a superhero a little bit, you know, you got to deal with a lot of emotional difficulty, emotional trauma, you got to be, be able to scientifically piece together this person and you have to have these, you have to have mad skills. You don't want to get put on uh, like E-bomb's world for your crappy drawing of a leprechaun, you remember that one? Or like yeah, any other of those bad outlines of, of generalized faces? This is different. And people, one lady in particular, has become the superstar in this craft. This person named, what is her name? Oh God, I lost it. Lois Gibson. We're talking about Lois Gibson here, folks. Lois Gibson is a sketch artist who has helped solve 1,200 plus cases. And that's insane to me. And you, the reason she did this was she, because she felt cosmically inspired 
I would say, after somebody had tried to kill her for fun. That's insane. That's that's like an, a, a comic book origin story right there. Lois Gibson was a Kansas girl trying to suss out her dreams in Los Angeles as a model and dancer in 1970 when she was attacked and left for dead. Later on in her life, she ended up seeing her attacker while she was cresting the top of a hill. She knew that was him. And it led her down the path of going to art school to learn how to draw people. And after thousands of portraits of tourists in Houston, she eventually saw an opportunity to start to do sketch art. And she reached out to the Houston Police Department and said, hey, I'm really good at drawing people. If you can get me with witnesses, I can draw suspects. I can also draw the victims from their skeletons or the remains of their bodies. And at first they were like, nah, we don't know if you want to do that. We don't know if that'll work. Eventually, they gave her a chance to freelance, and she did so well that she became their full-time forensic sketch artist and has, to this date, solved more than 1,200 crimes. She said one in three of her drawings end up with an arrest. That's some divine, divine power right there. If, if you do, if I do say so myself, um, I got this little anecdote in this article from from Gibson. And it says here that she was driving in her car and all of a sudden she says something came over me. I turned up this hill. Never away I would go. Never away I had been before and with no reason at all. I mean, something just took my steering wheel. It sure as hell wasn't me. I even said out loud to myself, why am I driving this way? What kind of Twilight Zone crap is this? So Gibson gets to the top of the hill and she got her answer. She said, it took about half a dozen seconds to realize what was happening. I saw this guy. He was surrounded by men front and back. They were LA police officers and he was being arrested. And they were being very aggressive with him. It was her attacker. She says, what are the odds that I would see this person who tried to kill me being arrested? She said that if this was justice for her, it was a beautiful sight. And this is what it felt like to want justice, to be able to see it firsthand. And that inspired her to do the job that she's doing. Which is absolutely yeah. incredible. She does a really yep. good job. <laughs> That's insane, though. That's like, I, I can't even describe that. That's like winning, winning a spiritual lottery. Like, are you just going to turn up randomly? up a hill and see the person that tried to kill you get caught cosmic intervention and for good reason i mean it sucks that her impetus to do this was so dark but it led her down this path that has no doubt helped people in their life that anecdote i brought up earlier of a body washing up on a shore and the body being identified that's that's one of her stories in that she drew a beautiful pastel drawing of this child and they were able to identify the body and furthermore identify the, the murderers what's really cool is for those of you who see like you know you always see sketch stuff if you're a true crime junkie like me or Renz, you always see sketches and you know pencil on paper or maybe like a cool 3d model but you're like hey this sounds cool but i really only know how to draw with acrylic paint or like oil paint well lisa benson is known for her pastel drawings so anything you can do to do an accurate depiction is all good if you're like this amazing realistic collage artist i think as long as it works it works you know, that's one of the benefits of doing an art craft that has a purpose beyond the existence of an art object right is if it's the solution it's the solution i'm gonna start doing pancake forensic art 
That might work, man. If it's good. <laughs> that way. Well, no, you gotta keep it for evidence. I guess you can take a picture of it after. You do the pancake art. Then you take a picture, and then you give it to the families to eat as, like, comfort yeah. food. Eat their fucking face. Yeah. Especially if it's someone who's committed a crime. <laughs> yeah, and if it's real nice. I mean, if it's, like, a, a missing person one, you just want to see that person again or something like that. I don't know if I'd do a pancake art of that. Unless, is that a nice thing? Maybe do it out of chocolate. Chocolate pancake. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, I mean, Gibson... This lady, Lois Gibson, really grinded, man. So she got her uh, art degree, and she wanted to put her hours in. So what she did was, you've heard this advice before. I'm sure I'm sure somebody you've known, Gage, has anybody ever told you after they found out you were an artist, maybe someone in your family, they say, hey, you should do caricatures at the beach. Hey, you should do caricatures at Disneyland or something like that. You ever hear that before? Yeah, they. Uh, uh, I, had a, I had a girlfriend who said, you should do caricatures and fuck off um (laughs) (laughs) oh man so that's what that's what lois did lois made three thousand tourist portraits she she estimates and she even she even met the love of her life while doing that and that's how that's how she grinded out these are all skills that you get just like from a regular anywhere art art program like you know they say oh we're gonna do nude figure drawing you have five minutes to do it now you have 10 minutes to do it now you have 60 minutes to do it and you really get an idea of how the human form looks so this isn't like with a lot of criminal justice degrees especially in the forensic field it seems like there's a huge learning curve for quote-unquote civilians to get into that that sort of line of work but for artists who've spent time doing portraiture this is a very reasonable path to take, especially since there's so many artists who don't do it. Um, and although there's not a lot of full-time jobs, it seems like it's moderately lucrative. Renz, you posted the median Maryland salary for forensic art. The average is 60000 but since it, this is not a full-time gig, you, you, might, you, you might start at 16000 but you can make up to 130000 so the reason I'm having such a hard time pinning down what you could get paid to do this is because it seems like it's kind of tricky to get jobs because the positions may or may not already be filled by someone with more experience than you. But it's still something, you know, if you're really dedicated to it, you can be that person for this this thing, you know what I mean? For this this unit, this agency, whatever it may be. I don't know. I, I think that there is merit in having just very little, very little forensic artists in general because of the aspect of consistency. It's good to work with somebody with that type of experience. And I am going to assume that it's just, it's just a hard job period. I mean, uh, all of the requirements are so unique, not just the drawing skills, you know? Let's say you're like an illustrator whose main main breadwinning is uh is oil oil portraiture. Mm-hmm. This is the sort of thing where you could reach out to you know a police department and if you're charming enough or convincing enough or your work is good, you could say, "Hey, if you don't have someone who does this job, would you consider letting me try it?" And it may not be an always gig, but it seems from what I've read 
this is how people who are not already police officers tend to get these opportunities is just by asking and offering your services. You know, we probably have a little portfolio. You say, yeah, I could do this. Maybe go into that interview and pull one of these, be like, why don't you describe your wife to me or your husband? <laughs> and then you draw it for them. And what they don't know is that you already went and you looked at their wife and husband, but you don't need to tell yeah, them that you did that through the window outside yeah. their house. <laughs> yeah and then the wife comes in and says yeah we actually have a stalker um i want to describe them what i saw to you <laughs> holy shit damn imagine getting your gig and finally like you have to draw yourself because <laughs> you got the gig by sneaking it uh like peeping into the the police chief's house so you could impress them. Forensic art is like a whole, I would have never thought about this as a potential career path. Now it, it seems that a lot of people who do forensic art get a crim criminal justice degree and they like drawing. For example, we've got, if you're in Baltimore, this may be of interest to you because Baltimore is a police department that has had full-time forensic artists in the past. Oh yeah. We got another superstar in the forensic world for everybody to share. We got Michael W. Street. Yeah! Woo! Yeah! AKA the Sketch Cop. No, sketch we're not cop, making yeah. a joke. He's the Sketch Cop. Sketchcop.com. If you want to know more about Michael W. Street, this is not an endorsement. This is coming straight from our curious minds. Sketchcop.com. Michael W. Street, the Sketch Cop. That is registered, everybody. This guy is serious. So who is Michael W. Street? Michael W. Street is and was Baltimore's first ever full-time forensic sketch artist. Now, he grew up wanting to be a Disney artist and animator, but he followed his father's career path into law enforcement. And this is how rare it is to be a full-time guy. This was in 2011 that he became full-time. He discovered the idea of a composite sketch like doing composite sketches for police investigations after seeing one on a local newscast uh, while he was being a police officer. As a police officer, when he was in Southern California, he did his police officering, you know, probably beating up Filipinos or whatever. And on the side, he would do his forensic artist work for the police department. So whenever they needed a sketch artist, he would come in, he would do it, he would do the face composites. And eventually he became very high profile, moved to Baltimore, and became the fir their first full-time artist. In 2015, he converted the Baltimore Police Department's Forensic Facial Imaging Unit into a completely online operation. Now, it's pretty recent. So what that says to me is that there are growing opportunities in this field. There are more reasons to have a forensic artist identify both suspects and victims, not less. They don't have the, uh, you know, cameras doing facial recognition are still not as effective as forensic artists yet. Yeah. He even has a gallery on uh, sketchcop.com. And if I could just be so frank, let me say this. I think that Lois is a better artist than him. Yeah, he does a lot of pencil drawings. Yeah, they're all right. They're all right. They're like, they're what you would expect from an average uh, uh, forensic drawing. So, I mean, when it comes down to art, I'm not impressed. But his accolades, his contributions to the form, the sketch 
artist, what would I call this? The canon are noteworthy. But, you know, I, I think Lois, Lois can outdraw this dude any day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seems like he can yeah. draw his way out of a paper bag. Nice. I will say that something really interesting and something that I never see in the art world until today is I've never seen an artist website where all the work is divided by uh, the type of crime. So if you go on here to look at his <laughs> his gallery, he's got a gallery of murder suspects, a gallery of sexual assault suspects, a gallery of robbery suspects, a gallery of deadly assault suspects, kidnapping suspects, burglary suspects. Normally you go on an artist's website and it's like paintings 2016 to 2018 or like some flowery name for a series like the wind off of a butterfly's tips circa 2020 this guy down to business he's like yeah i drew these people because they did this and these are the people who who have been captured on this gallery so you go on and see how effective he was as a draftsman this is just based off of what i've seen so far in his own gallery which i don't know if these are every single person this man's caught he's been doing this for years i i, I doubt that I see one from 89 where his drawing, the man has a unibrow, but the real person does not have a unibrow. I think it's this, this guy was trying to trying to change his appearance a little bit because he knew, maybe he knew, maybe he didn't know that Michael W. Street already heard about him. Don't let this man find out about what you look like. Might have to shave off your unibrow. <laughs> Yeah, I just I, I thought that one was a little interesting because because that was a, a pretty big difference in appearances where one man had a unibrow and one didn't. What this tells me is that the effectiveness of forensic art is not so much your ability to draw realistically, but more so your ability to take information that is communicated to you and generate it. So these drawings, if done from a picture, not so great. But these drawings done from someone saying, this guy looked like this, and he carried himself like this. He's a He looks like the type of dude that would be at a strip club at 4 a.m. All of those things are things that these forensic artists take into account because it's, it's not just an understanding of anatomy. It's not just the ability to draw, but it's the intuition to understand what someone's lifestyle would lead that, what their lifestyle would lead their demeanor to be like. Mm. And it's really interesting. So... This is the sketch artist, so like Lisa Benson or Lois Benson and the sketch cop, they do, they do drawings. But also sometimes people will do sculptures where the European method of forensic sculpting is to take a skull and to build the musculature onto the skull and then build the flesh out from that. And that's a whole different sort of practice that people use and that has evolved into forensic artists who use 3d modeling to do that so they get a 3d scan of the skull in question of a victim and they build it in 3d modeling but it's the same sort of concept it's this understanding of anatomy age lifestyle to give an approximation that isn't just scientific it's also about intuition now this leaves i get worried about the space this leaves right because if the Forensic artist has a bias maybe against a certain group of people. They may assume certain things about what they look like, and you may catch the wrong guy. Even Lois Benson, one in three led to an arrest. I 
would highly doubt that if out of you know 3600 portraits they didn't sometimes pull in the wrong person so that's just a caveat you know yeah i wonder i wonder how far away we are from um computer generated images because you know people like to say that ai or gans g-a-n's uh they're starting to be able to draw we've covered this in uh some of our earlier episodes where we talk about how artificial intelligence and computer learning can be used to not only paint but they can draw stuff they can design stuff now so you know is is that is that enough is that enough for doing forensic art or do you need that human mind that human touch that that ability to empathize with the either a victim or or the ability to to manufacture a face just from a skull i think that the technical aspect of that is it's very possible that computers can get better than a lot of artists that at doing that which will make getting a job as a forensic artist that much harder too or maybe it's just better to have a person do it i don't know i don't know the answer to that just an interesting thought my intuition is telling me that you know you just got your whole family murdered by a guy and they go okay we're gonna take your, your we're gonna try and do a sketch of what the guy looks like and they sit you down you know in front of um in front of a robot in front of a computer and the computer goes beep boop what did they look like and you're there like crying and this thing's like what do they look like and then they start drawing your <laughs> tears you know because you're crying uh, yeah. I, I would guess that there's like some form that human element of of an artist who understands how to talk to a witness and tease out details like, you know, hey, I understand it's it's OK. We get it. We can take as much time as as you need. How do their lips curl when they smiled? You know, did they have nice thick eyebrows? You know, paint the scene for me. That's the type of stuff that I don't think a computer is going to be able to tease out. Yeah. Can, can you imagine like someone tries to make an app, you know, like a, like a, like you're just making a bit emoji, but a little bit more realistic of this attacker. I mean, that's kind of uh, uh, not very personal, not a very personal experience. I can see that being an argument. Or like if you've ever played a video game where you can customize the appearance of your character and you have to <laughs> use those little sliders and it's a pain in the butt if you're trying to make it look like something that you want it to look like. It's not always the easiest thing. It's hard to do, you know, that's that's a skill as well to be able to understand how these things can form digitally so using a, a technology to do it i don't exactly think that that's of interest to in this in this line of work this stuff is pretty cool so uh what skills what skills does it seem or like how do how do we get to this career path man so i did a little digging because i was so curious and found a website called askaforensicartist.com <laughs> and I kind of found out in this website, there is a question, right? Very easy to access. It says, how can I become a forensic artist? And um, in short, this person writes, says, one, you must possess artistic skill. Two, you must join law enforcement. And three, do sketches when you aren't chasing bad guys. So practicing. I guess that according to this artist, this is the way 95% of forensic artists get in the field. And that's to them the best way to go about it this person writes that most forensic artists are dual duty meaning they work their regular job in law enforcement 
be that uh, may it be a police officer, a dispatcher, administrative tech, and they do their art assignments as needed. We already said that there's only about 300 of these artists in the United States, 30 or so full time, because there really aren't that many jobs of this nature to do so that's just that's just how it is as a forensic artist you got to take the jobs as they come if you're a more high profile one i mean 30 30 out of the population of the united states right now is a very 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 small fraction so um this is something that you really got to want to do and there's because there's no internships there's no classes that you can take ahead of time this really is just that type of grind for you you don't need a specific degree to do this because it's so specialized so this is an experience based program right like this yeah. is about experience yeah if you want to do it you got to be about it you got to you got to get up get yourself a job in law enforcement because at the end of the day that is what this job is about that it is about wanting to find justice and catch a criminal a real bad guy and you really can't give up. You maybe you just got to get lucky. Maybe you got to spend some years playing your role a little bit and waiting for this to happen. But it is out there. It is available. And if you feel that type of conviction, like Lois did, you know this might be the type of thing that will fulfill you as an artist. You really rack your head so often to think, okay, so with my art skills, what can I do as a job that makes me feel good? waking up and for me a long time the only one i could think of for so long was community work i.e like education or programmatic stuff maybe doing murals sometimes maybe like helping design uh the way that a system functions from the human side of it you know a lot of a lot of artistry is about understanding people but this is a job that is very cut and dry i'm here to help victims and stop perpetrators now some of you may be hearing this and think all cops are bastards uh fuck this fuck the feds and i want to agree with you to a degree but sometimes someone's kid gets molested and the kid tries to describe what the molester looks like and you need someone to to fucking stop that guy because it's disgusting they disgust me you know you could be a drawer that just stops pedophiles you when when your parents say Hey, I just got back from the lawnmower factory. What did you do today? You say, I stopped a pedophile. Boom. <laughs> Can I borrow some <laughs> rent money? Because they, you know, I work part time. Also, I bet That's you could. Pretty... <laughs> I could bet what? You, I bet you could charge a big penny for this, too. Because there's so little people that do it professionally. Yeah, man. See, when I was trying to describe those numbers, they seemed a little. Can I don't know how do you how can you really count with so few positions you know I think uh just has to do with grinding you got to grind you got to get those those jobs it, it, this sounds like the real grind of an artist period you know this isn't like a guaranteed type of thing it's 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 hard out here as an artist to work but this specialty position is one that is a difference maker in an objective way, like you just said, man. You want to be a hero and an artist? This is for you. This is your job, man. Not all heroes wear capes. Some of them wear berets. 
you know? Yep. Uh, some of them, some of them got a portfolio hanging from their shoulder. Some of them might ha- have a couple different colors of pancake batter and a portable range. I think it's also important to note that that figure of 16,000 to like a little over a hundred thousand, like if you're an artist who's trying to make art full time, chances are you fall into that income bracket anyways, maybe even less than $16,000 a year. I think it, when I was working at the foundry, I only made, I made about $16,000 a year and I was happy because I was making art. Uh, I was doing artistic things. So like, like even those numbers, the fact that, that there's, that the baseline 16,000, there's a chance that that's because it's part-time work or maybe that's just where you start at, but you start at that income level for most, if not any career, that's a long career, right? Like, especially in a field that is about public service and not about um, making money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this isn't this doesn't sound like the type of thing you can do as a vigilante either. I'm just trying to like imagine like just running around and playing private eye and you know Ooh. knocking on people's doors and saying, "Hey, you seen a bad guy? I could draw him for you." <laughs> they could outsource it though. Like imagine like Baltimore City. What they start doing is they start recording like a uh, eyewitness testimony of what the guy looked like, and they say they hold a, a quote unquote juried show but the juror is just the eyewitness. So everyone sends in their drawings of, <laughs> of what they think the guy might look like. And the juror, AKA the eyewitness goes, Oh, I, this one, this one looks like him. I mean, that's, a, mm, that's the most, this, this one looks like him the most. Yeah. Yeah. All these other drawings suck. And then they go and they arrest Tom Brady and they get you back your Super Bowl ring and your iPhone. Mm-hmm. They arrest Tom Brady for kissing his boy too much. Kissing his boy on the lips, like everything. that's the guy. That's the guy that started kissing his son on the lips. Saw him on on the stadium. Best quarterback stadium. of all time and the creepiest father. That's what it takes to be the greatest. You gotta be a loving papa. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking gross. All right, man. <laughs> I think I think we've uh, we've covered this. This is a really cool career path that I had never heard of until you brought it up. This is really amazing. That just about does cover it, man. How it's it's a here's a TL too long didn't listen. It's hard to get this job. You might have to get a job in law enforcement. That's how 95% of people I guess get into this field. And you got to be pretty good at drawing. We're not saying you got to be like like have a master stroke perfect perfect ability to render because you got to do these kind of quickly and you have to be able to connect with people to a certain degree in order to extract that information from someone that might be a little traumatized maybe a lot traumatized so that's what it is it's a it's a heavy it's a heavy job but we need we need these types of uh strong people with artistic skills we need someone to do it this is just one of those things, one of those things that uh, that exist, one of those things that extends people's perception of the importance that artists can bring to society. Yeah. You know, thirty, the, these thirty, these thirty full-time forensic artists. It's like point zero 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 nine percent of the population. They might as well be superheroes. When's the last time you saw the Flash? When's the last time you saw Superman in real life? Might just be as rare as them. Yeah. 
So if you had a uh, if you had twenty Bitcoin, what would you do with it, Renz? If I had twenty Bitcoin, yeah, I would probably invest it into trying to make some sort of training software for forensic artists, or make that type of type of thing a little bit easier for um, for police departments to get into because 300 does not sound like a lot of people period you know what i mean and to take away the challenge of training yourself to actually physically be able to draw with a pencil physically be able to do 3d work um i mean that's the type of thing that could be simplified using technology that's the type of thing that gamers use in video games in in wwe wrestling if the video game doesn't have the rock in it, they can just recreate the rock. And I've seen people do that. I used to do that when I was like a teenager. I used to make wrestlers in my wrestling video game that didn't exist in it. They have a bunch of robust, <laughs> robust technology already. So why not train somebody into using a program, which to me sounds a little bit faster, a little bit more accessible in terms of skill. If all you do is adjust sliders, that might be easier than than physically using charcoal, a charcoal pencil, pastels, or graphite to to replicate an image. Might even be a little easier than sculpting because that stuff is hard. Yeah, man, what a cool job that I will I would have never even thought about existing, and is outside of the art field but requires all the skills of a good artist. Imagine pulling up to the fucking next. Uh, imagine pulling up to the next, you know, home gallery show, and everyone's like, "Yeah, I got a residency at Burnbeck Academy of Residents Artists," and you're like, "Oh yeah, well, I just stopped a pedophile." Boom! <laughs> everyone's gonna think you're cool, and that the artists there are all lame. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You you pull up. You pull up to a New York City gallery show wearing a uh, big long leather jacket you know you know the type maybe you have suspenders on with a a concealed weapon one of those holster things that that are on your your suspenders and you just got your hands in your pockets you're looking at all this abex art all of this uh this conceptual work and someone asks you what you think about it and and then you're just like i don't fucking get this shit man they'll be like oh yeah well, what do you do, sir? Why are you judging my art? I'm the artist. I made this. You're like, yeah, I'm a, I'm actually a, a artist myself. Uh, except, uh, maybe I don't get it because I just caught five pedophiles today. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe that's why I don't get it. You see this? This is the picture of Osama bin Laden that got him caught. All right. Yeah. Obama thanked me personally for this drawing. Yep. The person now, who described him was like, "Well, I I don't know, but I heard he likes anime." He's like, "Got you." <laughs> I got you. This is what he looks like. Hell yeah, man. This is great. Uh, is there anything else you want to tell the people before we sign off today? No. Nope. <laughs> I do not have any updates today. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, listen. Thank you. Thank you for being interested in this difficult topic. I understand that we're talking about law enforcement, and I don't think law enforcement and artists really really mix well together because of the current climate, current social climate. But if you wanted to hear more of our episodes and you really enjoyed this one, please check uh, our website out at www.artprospodcast.com. If you want to see some funny stuff, some jokes, check out our Instagram, 
That's uh, paid.artists. And if you want to donate to us, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash artprospodcast. And thank you again one more time for making it all the way to the end for listening to our spiel, our stories, and learning about all these amazing people, amazing heroes, amazing artists who are just trying to save the day. And they just got a little bit of skills. This is us signing off, the smoothest art podcast in the universe. We love you guys. Peace. Peace. Craig, get the fuck out of here.